Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, Kirby. Hi, Sarah. Welcome, Welcome to, to Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. Celebrate good times. Come on. <laughs> it's our one year anniversary, everybody. And happy we are anniversary. Happy anniversary. I'm so excited. I can't believe I can't believe. Can you believe? Can, no, as one of our fave guests says. I, exactly. Little JVN, we know him. I I never doubted us, but I'm also like, how how did we get here? I think about this on a regular basis. I'm like, we have our own business, so let's let's take it back. We are officially a business now. We filed the legal paperwork, Los Angeles LLC. Thanks, Legal Zoom. This is not a ad, paid ad. I wish it was. God, but. I would love it if LegalZoom would have sponsored <laughs> us to make a business. Because <laughs> making a business is expensive. It is. We, I, we had no idea. And I still have no idea what. When we got the email from the state of California that we owe like a thousand something dollars in September, <laughs> I was like, what? What are you talking about? So if anybody has ever started their own business, pat yourself on the back right now, man. Like that stuff is so hard and it's not even it's not difficult there's just so many components to it are we an s corp are we an llc are we a c corp like there's so many terms to figure out because you literally feel like you're signing your life away like you're like Mm -hmm. okay so i'm gonna do this and then i'm gonna owe like a million dollars in taxes yep and then you think about prior to being a business and you know the contracts that Sarah and I had to sign for different business deals and there always had to be two separate contracts because we were individual contractors so yeah wow crazy so exciting and we really I think we knew that it was going to be fun and difficult to you know start our own podcast but I could not have imagined having all of the guests that we've had, all of the opportunities that we've gotten because of Los Angeles, the people that we've reached in, like, what countries were, do we have listeners in? Do you know that Australia is one of our top yeah. country, our countries? And I had no idea. I, I thought we were very... Like, West Coast, East Coast. Yep. Very centralized to America. And when I was looking at our insights on ACAST, which is another thing we did, we signed with a network, the, you know, two months ago, a month ago at this point, time is a flat circle. So <laughs> is that the term? Time is a flat round? So. No, it's a flat circle. Doesn't really I don't know matter. at this point. But we signed with ACAST. They brought us on as one of their pod, beauty podcasts. And that's why you are now hearing drizzly ads and, you know, mattress ads and what is the other one? Hymns? Hymns, which is like a for uh, male baldness. Yeah, I love that. Love it. So, um, you know, we see the insights on online and I was looking the other day. I'm like, wow, I love our, I'm not even going to do the Australian accent. I'm not going to embarrass yeah, yeah. myself Don't. or our Australian <laughs> listeners. I really tried it. Like I was listening to a podcast the other day at our Patrick was listening to it, listening to it rather on his phone and it was on speaker and I was trying really hard to emulate it. And it's like, it's like a British accent, but Western there's like hard R's. So I feel like I could maybe get it. It's so hard. It. And also like Australian, I, I've come to the conclusion that Australian and Kiwi accents are my favorite. And so like, there's just no, like, don't ruin no, it. No, don't. You know? Yeah. Like, Sarah's literally looking at me like, it. please, please don't ruin it. You've, you've ruined Victoria Beckham's accent for us. <laughs> we don't need you to ruin. No, that's my favorite one. Anybody you know, else's. that one. Um, so, <sighs> so exciting. We love what we're doing. We have actually some big news 
we are launching a website. So we're just getting more and more fish every day. We really wanted this to be a place, you know, we worked for editorial outlets for years. We still do. And we wanted a place where we could really bring our point of view to things and have a place for people to come and, you know, look up our favorite sunscreens or mascaras or thoughts on what's happening in the industry. So um, it yeah. it's just getting started. All of our episodes are on this website. So if you want to go and, you know, we uh, we made this mostly because we kept saying, go to the show notes if you wanted to follow up on different products. And this way you can just go to the website, click on the episode and then get a link to all of the products that we mention in each episode. So it'll make things really easy for you now. Yay! It's really beautiful. We have so many people who helped us. Um, my dear friend Alana, Alana man, who is like a website wizard, killed it. And 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 your friends who created such incredible art. Yes, my friends Vinny and Laura. I used to work with Laura at Pop Sugar. Her husband Vinny is an amazing photographer uh, extraordinaire. He does so many things, but he took. We gave them a, a bunch of beauty products and said, "Do whatever you want." Uh, figure out the coolest way, you know, to expand your portfolio. And he was like, great, I will. And um, they also because we were doing this during COVID. So yeah, I was like, I made like a, like a drop off. It was like, I felt like some kind of secret initiation. Like, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna drop the bag here. I'm gonna make sure you get it. And then I'm gonna haul some ass. So um, yeah. Laura ended up getting a ton of beauty products, which was the perk. And then she gave us these gorgeous, gorgeous, photos like I've never seen a better photo of a serum in my life yeah yeah I'm like it's like because sexual yeah but like you know most serum photos actually do look like sexual like they look like right right, right semen right. <laughs> like it looks disgusting they oh in the like, bad way but it in the yeah. good way we have it but we have, we have it and it's like I want this framed on my wall yeah so we're really excited about that and um yeah, we're just trucking along. So, but we're just getting started, guys. Just getting started. Who knows what Gloss Angels could turn into? Maybe, maybe we'll get a product line. I mean, we what we've learned a lot uh, <laughs> from our peers, and that maybe we shouldn't start one. But we'll see. You never, never say never. We do talk about this though. We're like, what would we make <laughs> if we were gonna make anything? Yeah. We know that there would have to be. A lipstick. It would probably be like a sunscreen as well. Sunscreen? Like, what if we launched and it was a sunscreen, a lipstick, and a mascara? Yeah. Bam. Okay. Well, there we go. But we also want to, we should thank all of our listeners for supporting us and helping us get to this point. Of course. Because obviously we would not have lasted a day, a week, a month, or even a year without you all. I'm always surprised when people find us. I'm like, how did you... (laughs) How did you even find us? I don't know, but I get like uncomfortable still when people pay compliments to us about how oh, yeah. they, like listen to our podcast. So I'm like, really? Yeah, I'm like, we say like and um a lot, and, and we just kind of are like fucking around a lot of the time, <laughs> but we're really fun. <laughs> hey, we're fun. We're fun. We're fun. We we we, we want to put that out there. Entertainment. But, so thank you guys so much. I. I love the community that you guys have built. Like truly, we we have had no part in it. Like the Facebook group is amazing. I love how active you guys are on Instagram. And I love that people are just educated. Like they want to learn more. You guys get it. And I we feel really honored that you listen to us and like care about what we have to say about certain things. So we love you guys. We so appreciate the support. And hopefully the website will be another way for everyone to connect with us. Hopefully, we'll also get one of those fun hotlines. We are working on a hotline. Awesome. Well, I'm excited for this episode. Okay, yeah. We should probably actually get into it. So this is our... We wanted to celebrate by looking back at some of our favorite moments. I know some of you listening may not have started from the beginning and maybe picked up on a certain episode. So I think this will be a good way to go back if you do plan on re-listening to any episodes and kind of picking, because I know it's overwhelming to have to go through an entire catalog of, of episodes. Do you know what this reminds me of? What? You know those like episodes that like friends would do and then they would compile like clips from previous episodes you know 
like a, of like, a, like a flashback, like, like a moment. Yes, like it would always be like flashbacks. Like it was usually like a holiday episode, and then they'd play like moments from like years past. Or even I just watched one that uh, was from The Office, and I was like, oh my god, that's like what Kirby and I are doing for our anniversary episode. I think of it as like I was thinking it's about like the greatest hits. Yeah, I was thinking of like David Letterman and how he had like the top ten and would go oh. down like like somebody standing up by themselves, like reading a line off a teleprompter, having no idea what was going on. Yeah, that's kind well, of. Well, I say that because we're gonna insert the clips. We wanted to celebrate our favorite moments. Obviously, we've loved every episode and have learned so much from every single guest that's come on this podcast, but these were really standout moments for us in in a variety of ways. Some of them are just funny. Some of them are super informative. Some of them were actually, you know, breaking news. And so um, they hold a special place in our heart. So we're going to dive in. Know what's on your face today and know um, beauty news because we do we're going to dedicate this whole episode to just celebrating our glamgelinos and our glamgelino guests and before we dive in i do want to mention we have an epic 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 giveaway happening on our instagram can we insert like a sound effect like or like something yep yep dj horn <laughs> yep but this is Here like truly like we had fun giveaways for the holidays but this is like i want to enter it this is out of control. I truly did not think we. Sarah and I divided our uh, requests. We were like, okay, we're gonna ask these. We brands. made a wish list. We made a wish list, and we said, okay, we're gonna ask these brands if they are willing to contribute. And when we reached out to every single one of them, they all agreed. <laughs> so um, I'm not gonna. I don't want to give away too much right now. We'll disclose disclose a little bit more at the end of the pod. But just know. There is an epic giveaway, and you guys are going to want to win. And five of you will win. So that's all I'll say about that. Ooh, exciting. All right, Sarah Jessica Tan. Yes. Christensen. Present. Let's uh, kick things off. This Is this an order? No, it's not an order. No, no. It's too hard to have an order. It was hard enough to pick 10 moments. So let, we're just going to we, – it's, it's an order of – no, it's not. No, it's not an order. We're just doing it. It's not chronological. Doing it live. Yeah, we're just doing it. Moment number one, Daniel Martin. And Daniel was our first guest on the pod. What an epic first guest. What an, I mean, couldn't have picked a better first guest. And for those of you who don't know who Daniel Martin is, who is he, Kirby? He worked formerly with Dior Beauty and The Honest Company, so he has been flying around the world, working on everybody, um, Dior clients, Jessica Alba. And has been like in the industry forever. Is really, you know, uh, somebody who has put in the time, put in the effort, uh, paid his dues. And he's most notably known. For doing some little make uh, wedding makeup moment. Maybe you saw it. For Megan. Markle, okay. Our latest Glam Gelino. Just kidding, I don't. What if she listened? Oh, oh my God. Megan, if you listen to our podcast, we love you. We support you. We will babysit Archie. We'll help you relaunch the TIG. We will do whatever you damn well want us to do. We will do it. <laughs> so we asked Daniel. We knew that he was willing to talk about Megan, but not like. Because they're. There, and there are so many rules around. Well, now maybe not so much because she has separated herself from the royals. And damn, is she like talking out about mm -hmm. things that are happening? I know. Hey, listen, I'm fanning myself because every Daily Mail push notification I get on my phone, I was like, oh, did she really say that? Oh, my God. I love Meghan Ooh. Markle. Stand for Meghan Markle. So. Um, we asked Daniel, we initially asked Daniel about us commoners and what we could be doing to prep for our wedding days if we are going to do our own makeup or if we're going to have somebody come in. And he gave us this really epic moment where he told us about working with Megan on her makeup look. Let's talk about like people like us, the commoners that will be getting married. <laughs> peasants. <laughs> the peasants, these town folk, whoever they are. <laughs> What's your best piece of advice for someone that is getting married and either wants to do their own makeup or has a makeup artist coming in? Like, is there a that specific- That is such a good question. Like a product or something that you should or shouldn't do? Or like when you're creating your vision for your wedding look, like- 
I what mean, do you do? I didn't have a makeup trial with her because I we just couldn't make the time. I knew what she liked and what she didn't like, and then we exchanged like Pinterest pictures over text. Like, oh I my think, god, I would die to see Meghan Markle's <clears throat> Pinterest board for her wedding. But I think for anybody, <laughs> Pinterest is an incredible tool to use as a reference. Yep. And I feel like the most important thing is to not, for a bride, that's their red carpet moment. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you can't stray too far mm-hmm. from who you look like who you want yeah. to be and who you want who you are because the last thing you want to do is look at these pictures and be like i wasn't comfortable in looking like that yeah or, yeah or i don't recognize myself yeah right so it's like finding those elements that you admire and you want to aspire to achieve but at the same time you still have to have a sense of who you are in there That's what I loved about how you did her makeup is she looked just like her, just glowy and like just getting like a bride on her wedding day, you know, like you could see her freckles still. It was like her skin was showing. And uh, the dress is so architectural Mm -hmm. that if she had any more makeup on, you wouldn't even look at the dress. And that's not what that moment's about. Yeah. You don't want to take away from that dress. Right. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Okay. Moment number two is our episode with Renee Rouleau. Obey Renee. (laughs) Was I supposed to say that at the same time as you? I was, that's why I was pointing at you. Sorry. It's okay. I can do it again. Do you want me to do it? No, no, it's fine. (laughs) Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Did we, we came up with that on that episode, right? Yes. We made that up. Because she now uses it and it makes me really proud that. Oh, yes. That was a Los Angeles ridge. She she has been using it and it warms my little heart that she liked it enough to keep using it. So Because she has given us so much and it is the least we could do. My skin thanks return. her every single day. So tell us about Renee. What did what yes. if you don't know Renee Rouleau, you're probably a new listener. So who is Renee? Okay, well I didn't know who Renee was until Kirby introduced me to her. And um, she's changed my life since because she's such a wonderful person. She's a skincare queen. She is an esthetician and a brand founder. And she gives, fa- you know, pre-COVID was giving facials to all of your favorite starlets. Mm-hmm. Uh, Demi Lovato, uh, the entire cast of Riverdale. Mm-hmm. Lisa Rinna. Lisa Rinna, yes. She's just making all of these house calls she's popping in and out of LA she's based in Austin um she's just like such a wonderful person so kind and so knowledgeable and I think my favorite thing about Renee is just the way that she speaks like she's so honestly about skin and um and in a way that like you really can like understand it Mm -hmm. because I think that for so many people it just like goes over your head yeah you know and Renee, I mean, she has this incredible blog where she, you know, talks all about it. Um, and so she came on our podcast and talked. She just educated us for an hour about all sorts of topics. Like, I don't know. It didn't really occur to me that maybe you all had these questions, but you really did because it's probably one of our most listened to, listened to episodes or at least like an episode that people constantly call out and say, like, after listening to your episode about oh, with Renee, you know, my skin changed. I bought her entire line. I bought this mask that she mentioned, um, specifically when she was talking about handling adult hormonal acne in a non-drying way. Um, she talked about how to use an acid exfoliator and what you need to know about purging. And then she blew our minds and told us why we shouldn't be using face- facial mists um, because they mess with our sunscreen application. That was like one of our, my favorite episodes. And it was one of our very first episodes too. Menstrual cycle breakouts, right? Why do people break out during their cycle? Mm-hmm. Well, what happens is because of the uh, hormonal shifts that occur right, uh, they occur right before you get your, your cycle starts, you have more oil starting to come out, but the skin gets puffier, which is why it's like people's pants can get a little tighter. Mm-hmm. So there's puffiness in the skin and more oil is trying to push through the pore. When the skin is puffy, it narrows the, the pore because it's kind of squishing the pore. So you have more oil trying to get through a pore and it can't get out as much. So it's more likely to stay lodged in the pore and then 
that's when uh, uh, the cycle can begin for breakouts. And so this particular mask, rapid response detox mask, has anti-puffiness agents as well. So it's trying to decide, it's trying to help like prevent the skin from getting so puffy so the pores don't squish as much. So what advice do you have for testing out a new skincare product? New skincare product. Great. So actually when people order from our website, we have a packing slip that comes in it in with it and we actually address that because that's a big concern with people. We suggest um, to people to introduce one new product a day about every three or four days. That's ideal. Now people, when they order our products, they get excited. They want to try everything at once, but ideally just one new product, uh, you know, at a time. And mainly, mainly because if something isn't agreeing with your skin, you're more likely to know what it is. And, and the thing is because everyone's skincare journey, it's all about getting to know your skin. What does it like? What does it, what, what does it not like? So if you're using five new products at night in your routine and you have a problem, you're not helping yourself because you're going to go, oh, forget it. It's the, it. I can't use that line. Well, no, you might've been able to, but it could have just been that one product that didn't agree. And then of course, trying to figure out what that one product, what the problem was is a little hard as well. But yeah, you want to introduce slowly. So we always tell people, yeah, one new product every couple of days. We have to kind of put our skin on the front lines for our job, but you know, we try to obey Renee. Yeah. Obey yeah. Renee. I actually have one <laughs> oh more. God, so I'm going to make that a tagline for <laughs> Hashtag her. obey Renee. Renee. Do you believe in purging? Like, do you believe that the skin purges? I think it can for some people. Okay. Do you think that if you are trying out a new product and your skin appears to be breaking out and it might be a purge that they should keep going with it? And if not, when should they end? Great question. Mm. So typical culprits of purging would be acid exfoliators. If somebody's not used to using an acid leave-on exfoliator, um, and mainly because... Uh, your, your skin cells are kind of getting reorganized. And, um, so that takes a little bit of time. So if, if we can determine that really what the new addition was, if somebody just starts a whole new routine, but included an acid serum and they've never used an acid serum before, then we can kind of say, Hey, maybe that's it. And so what we'll do is we'll tell them, cause I suggest using, I mean, I can't speak for every acid serum out there, but in my line, we have four of them. And I suggest people use it three nights on, three nights off. And the concept uh, behind that, just FYI, is that night one, you break through the concrete. Night two works a little deeper. Night three, it works even deeper. And then after three nights, you go off of it. And now you feed all those new cells for three nights with like a a hydrating serum, something with peptides, antioxidants, whatever, you know, hyaluronic acid, whatever it may be. And you keep doing that three night, three night routine going back and forth. But if somebody's new to exfoliation, three right out of the gate might be a little strong. So I'll typically suggest them to just use, um, maybe back off and use it like one night a week, eventually work up to two nights a week. And so that's kind of the first thing I'll tell people is if they're not used to using exfoliators, that would kind of be the one to pay attention to. But sometimes, sometimes it could be a moisturizer. And so sometimes I like people to kind of get off of that because that could just be it's just a little too heavy for the skin. So, so sometimes if I, if I suspect it's more of a moisturizer, I'll tell them to get off of it. Our third moment is one that I'm actually really especially proud of because this was a sponsored episode. And a lot of times when you're working in any industry and trying to come up with like a branded segment or a sponsored segment, it can just come off way too pushy, way too salesman-y. And One of our very first sponsors, one of the first people that ever really invested in us as a business was Hum Nutrition. And they had a great event called, it was for uh, the launch of Mighty Night, their new sleep supplement. We went to Haston's and listened to Dr. Bruce, the sleep doctor, give a whole presentation on sleep. And because of his presentation and how engaged the audience was, at a, at a beauty event where, frankly, you can't get people to sit down and shut up for 10 minutes at some of these things. So when there's a presentation, you're always like, oh, God, okay, like, can I, can I get out of here? Just send me the materials via email. Totally. He had everybody's attention for like an hour. And then afterwards, there was a line of people wanting to talk to him. It was a packed. 
PowerPoint presentation, like college lecture style. And people were like, no, stay on this slide for five more minutes. I need to talk to you about this. And then it kind of, you know, light bulb goes off and we say, how do we get Dr. Bruce? So we went back to Haston's and recorded at the sleep store on one of those $25,000 Haston mattresses that Oprah loves. This is what Oprah sleeps on, y'all. And he really blew our minds in so many ways, talking about obviously the power of good sleep and the power of when, meaning if you are a night owl and your partner is, you know, a, a early bird, you guys might struggle because you don't know, okay, when are we intimate? When do we have inter like deep conversations? So he really broke down a, there's different types of sleepers. Sarah, you're a dolphin, right? Yep. What was I again? <laughs> Sorry, I'm a bear. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was a bear. A little hibernating bear. I'm a little bear. God, isn't that so classic for us? You're a fucking dolphin, and I'm a damn bear, like grizzly bear. Like, but bear is, like nor bear is like a normal or like the most common one. Is it? I can't remember. Yeah. But he broke down that. He broke down how much sleep you actually need. For instance, nobody should be sleeping 12 hours, but eight hours of sleep a night is actually not, it's not true. It's a fake news moment. So this takes it one step further. So it's not just about what is my sleep need, but when is my sleep need. So I, I developed this idea, and it's, it's not new. It's called chronotypes, and these have been around literally since the 70s. Um, but many people might not have heard the term, but they actually know the concept. So if you ever heard, heard of somebody being called an early bird or a night owl, those are chronotypes. So my uh, contribution to the literature is I added a fourth one. So we used to know about early bird and night owl, and then we had one in the middle that we called a hummingbird. Oh. Don't ask me why. I'm not sure why it was called a hummingbird. <laughs> kind of good for hum nutrition. Yeah, totally. But yeah. other that than way. that, I'm go. really not sure why it was called a hummingbird. <laughs> So I added a fourth category, which was an insomniac, because that's what I do is I work with people with insomnia, and I really try to focus in on performance, performance metrics, and performance sleep. And so a lot of those people were really suffering. So if you go to chronoquiz.com, you can learn what your sleep type is. Mm. Now, why on earth would this be important? It actually tells you when to go to sleep. So if you're an early bird, I can show you the exact time to go to bed so that you'll wake up literally with a ton of energy ready to go Great. versus a night owl if they tried to wake up at the same time they would be dragging it so i'm a night owl right i don't know are either one of you what do you think i think i'm a night owl i'm yeah. an early bird i know okay, you. I, you're an early bird for i'm sure. an early bird but then also you wake up at six that's pretty early so it is pretty <laughs> early for somebody who is a self-proclaimed night owl yeah. but i don't go to bed until midnight ever okay i mean ever that's just kind of how I am. But here's where it gets interesting. So let's say that you're the early bird and Kirby, you're the night owl, right? Yes. So Sarah's early, Kirby's night. So here's what would happen if you two were in a relationship together, right? <laughs> we are. Yeah, right? basically. Yeah. Right? So, what are you talking about? So what would happen, right? So for example, when you guys want to have a discussion, let's say about something important, Sarah, you might be awake and ready to do that at 10 o'clock in the morning. But Kirby, you're like, dude, I can't speak. I can barely put two sentences together before two o'clock in the afternoon, yeah, right? Yeah. And so that's one of the things that's turned out so amazing about this book. Honestly, I thought it was a sleep book. It's not. It's a relationship book. It's a book about how to find peak performance times throughout your day for literally anything. I can tell people the perfect time of day to have sex, eat a cheeseburger, ask your boss for a raise, go to bed, do yoga, literally, you name it. Interesting. So there was actually a person at the Hum event who uh -huh. you were talking about, okay, like, you shouldn't be sleeping like for 11 hours or something Correct. like that. And this girl raised her hand and she's like, hi, so I sleep 12 hours a night. And everyone's like, what are you doing? And she's right. like, but like, I wake up feeling fully rested because you had been harping on, well, you probably don't feel fully rested if you're getting that much sleep. Correct. During the event when the, when the young lady said that she slept, uh, I think it was 10 or 11 hours and she wakes up feeling refreshed. So that's a big red flag. Right. So almost nobody should be sleeping that amount of time unless they have narcolepsy, mm -hmm. which was what I started talking with her about mm -hmm. depression, which can cause that as well, or poor quality sleep. Yes. In many cases, people report to me that they wake up multiple times throughout the night. And in order to just kludge together what they think might be eight hours, they might be in bed for 10, 11, 12 hours. Mm -hmm. So w whenever somebody's like, dude, I sleep 10 hours and I'm great. I'm probably not so sure that that's great. And I'm going to start to dig in and try to understand like what's going on there. Because again, the more consistent you are with your sleep schedule and the higher quality sleep you get, 
actually the shorter your total sleep time, generally speaking. Okay, so moment number four is just another chance for us to ask if Zac Efron ever wants to come <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> but no, this is like I couldn't, this is Sarah. One of I our couldn't. favorite if, moments for if sure. If Zac Efron came on this podcast, you would have to take the the lead because I could not speak to him. I would just be staring the whole time, being like, "Are you kidding me?" I would no. The, so in this episode, Kirby and I talk about the moments that we have are both uh, have both been blessed with the opportunity of met Zac Efron. And um, yes. uh, God, was that like how long ago was that? Like ten years. That ago? That was two thousand seven. I w- we were both like juniors in college. Jesus. Anyways, it was magical <laughs> for the both of us. Obviously, we're still talking about it years and years later. You know what? Maybe Zach will come on because his new Netflix shows coming out i know and it seems to be kind of wellness related so i feel like there's a good tie in there zachary and then remember he got sick so he you know he could talk to us about how he nursed himself back to health yes yes this guy is literally the epitome of health in my opinion i mean oh he could talk about bees he could talk about like he could talk about like manuka honey oh my god okay sold we're doing okay but this episode was about are facials worth the price? So we were going on this long journey about different types of facials. And I, of course, had to bring up when I got a chemical peel at the ripe age of 21 and then had to meet Zac Efron <laughs> like a week later and I looked like a cherry tomato. Here it is. Little did I know I was going to be surprised a week later with a trip to New York with my family <laughs> to meet Zac MFing Efron. Okay, so let me just... Like, paint this picture for you. Kirby, wearing a dress from Forever 21 that's also red, which was stupid because my face was cherry red. Okay, I have platinum blonde hair. The dress has apples on it for Big Apple, right? Absolutely. Girl from Texas has to be on theme. I'm going to the Today Show to see the cast of Hairspray perform out at Rockefeller Center. Do not laugh at me, Matt. I see Matt laughing. I... Looked like a cherry tomato, but my uncle, who played with the New York Yankees at the time, was like, you're going to get to meet Zac Efron. And I'm like, holy shit, this is going to be awesome. So I have this photo and I'll post it, but I obviously made it black and white so that you couldn't see that my face (laughs) was literally red. But in that two weeks from getting the facial or getting the chemical peel to like maybe 10 days after I met the Zac Efron, my skin was like sheets of it were peeling off, but you can't touch it like yeah. you can't that's the thing about chemical peels my skin was so resurfaced it looked amazing so plan it if you do get it <laughs> plan it around your schedule of like not meeting zach efron <laughs> like if you're gonna meet zach efron don't get a chemical feel and or even like know if you're gonna go to i mean right some people like, like if you have to be outside yes or like if you're gonna people. go to work or need to go to something special just yeah. know your skin's gonna start coming off in sheets and you can't pick it off i met zach efron at the around the same time too because this was during my tiger beat internship days <laughs> <laughs> and he was the first celebrity I ever interviewed. And isn't he so dreamy? I mean, sorry, Matt. I was like very obsessed with him. <laughs> I had like no idea what to say to him. Like I was supposed to interview him, and I could not utter words. We would have been best friends. Yeah, we would one hundred percent have been. I interviewed him at Kitson for. <laughs> For, it was for hairspray and like Amanda Bynes was there it was like a thing yeah like my little Sarah intern with no interview experience I was like I <laughs> great this next one was a major get for us it was our very first celebrity guest and she I still can't believe we got her on it is shocking that this was our first celebrity guest Laverne Cox people I have never been more nervous to interview somebody because she's so confident and she is so sure of herself. I was like, I don't want to fuck it up. I don't want Same. her to think that we're bad interviewers. Like I wanted her to really like respect us, you know? Right. And I mean, Kirby and I have interviewed a bunch of celebrities before and are used to interviewing them in front of their team. You know, it's never just like one-on-one, just you and them in a room. It's like they're you know, publicist, their agent, the brands, publicists, you know, all these people. Um, so we had to do that. It was the first time we also like 
took our equipment outside of the house. Mm. So and Matt came <laughs> to be our little what are, what do you call it? PA. Uh, PA. Bless his heart. His <laughs> lunch break. And he, he, the thing I love about Matt so much is he's like so proud. Like especially at the beginning, he would send us notes like, "Love this week's episode, guys." I'm like, "Oh my god, I know. you're so adorable." No. Um, but yeah, and but she it turned out to be like maybe one like I mean I I'm not gonna say the best because we have so many, but one of the best for sure interviews we've ever done, I've ever done. Same. She was so forthcoming with information, which is always kind of hard, especially when their entire team is involved. And she just didn't care. Like I was initially a little bit nervous. But anyways, going into it, she just has this really calming aura about her. You you slip right in and you're like, okay, this feels comfortable. Feels like uh, it feels um, familiar. She's very, very mm-hmm. good at, you know, disarming people and getting them to really be calm and chill around her. And she, right out the gate, we asked her about her age and her response was, pretty amazing i just started talking about my age and for a while i for so for years right i even on dating apps like i you have to put an age on a dating app and then i would like meet a guy and like i would be like i'm not the age on my dating on my profile i don't discuss my age if that's a problem we don't have to date i understand and then like a guy some guys needed to know the age and some guys you know were cool with yeah we're usually cool with like not knowing yeah. but that's how i would approach it and then in the media i never confirmed or denied an age so we've never confirmed or denied it and so there's um a couple different ages on google and i don't know <laughs> how that i really don't know how that happened and yeah. i do literally and i talked to my publicist look we've never confirmed mm-hmm. any age but then like one website had it and then people started printing like my real age and then I was sort of like had all these all this anxiety about it. And mm-hmm. I was just like, I need to free myself of this. And so a, over a year ago, I started talking to Yeah, like two years ago, I started talking to my therapist about like, how do I begin to grapple with this? And so I had to start to unpack all of, of the story, the story I told myself around my age and what it meant. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the story was I'm not dateable, I'm not effable and <laughs> I'm not hireable over a certain age and that age was actually 30 right so for since for about since at least 2001 2002 I've been cagey about my age it's a really long time wow it's a really long time to be like you know over 21 that was my official age uh, <laughs> no for, for real it's hard out here for an actress over yes. 21 was my official age and literally the first time the New York Times interviewed me in 2010 they were like oh how old are you and I was like I'm over 21 and they were like, no, we need to know. And I was like, over 21. It's not about how old I am. It's about how old I can play. Ooh, and yeah. then like a few weeks later, they call me and they're like, we're fact checking. And we really need to know how old you are. And I said, I'm over 21. <laughs> and the article runs. It was an article on um, this acting class that I was in. And there was a picture of me. And in the caption, it had Laverne Cox over 21. <laughs> That's amazing. That's Wait. what's on your IMDb page? Yeah. No, that's not. IMDb has 47, you know, has 1972. Okay, yet another moment where I think we both pinched ourselves and couldn't believe that we got this person on. Uh, in case you haven't listened to our episode with Jonathan Van Ness. JVN. JVN, do yourself a favor and listen to the entire thing from beginning to end. It is filled with so many gems. It's really, really difficult to pick just a couple to highlight. Um, he came on uh, on the podcast on behalf of Biosance because he is one of their ambassadors. Um, so he was talking a lot about, you know, clean beauty and his favorite products from the brand. Um, and Kirby and I, again, it was, you know, interviewing him in front of a huge team. And we he had been doing press and like, was on stage talking to like all these people all day long. And then we had to interview him at the end of the day, which for anyone would be exhausting. So we didn't know what version of JVN we were going to get, but we got the version that we dreamed of. He was just so funny, so witty, so on top of it. Um, and our favorite moments were when he talked about um, who among his cast, Queer Eye cast, has the best um, grooming routine which he has a very surprising answer. Not the person, but just the way that he explains it. Okay, from who's the best? Who has the best grooming routine, would you say? Tan. Tan. I would guess that too. Tan's is like the most consistent. Yeah. And like wisdom-based. 
Yes, but he's, he's we love Tanny. Beautiful, yeah. has beautiful fucking skin. stands so hard. Same. I literally. Did you remember the show The Secret World of Alex Mack where yeah. the girl turns into like the Gak? Yep. I wish I could turn into Gak and like And then come back as Tan? No, just like go up his asshole. <laughs> like I just like want to like turn into Secret World of Alex Mack Gak and like 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 crawl over to him and just I just like want to fucking be inside of him like as wear Gak. him like a costume. Like it, but like in a non-murderous way cuz yes. like, I'm so obsessed with him like I just Did And Alex I don't want to skin him or anything. That? No, she never went up anyone's no, asshole yeah. but like she I would go down up. his throat or in his eyeball, his ear. Like, yeah. put me as in a liquid hair. anywhere. I, I, yeah. Oh, I don't my God, his follicles of yeah. his hair. Oh, my God. Ugh. It's not fair. He has the best hair. My newest thing with him, well, this is not new, actually. I've been saying this to him for years. <laughs> but I really want to grow it out really long and then do half up, half downs, and then cut his hairline off and do, like, little baby edges. Like, <laughs> I want to do, like, little, like... Little like baby hairs on he him. He actually do that for Halloween though. Like so then I was, so now my thing for him is a salt and pepper, yeah. really nice lace front. <gasps> yes. Oh yes. I really yes. want just like a slayed mm-hmm. ass, like an expensive, like a fuck, like a Stacy London ass. <laughs> Yes. Fucking perfect lace Radio. front. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she doesn't have a lace front, but yeah, I just want Tan to have like her hair as a lace front. Yeah. Okay, this is one of my favorite interviews we have ever done. I know Sarah feels the same way. Sharon Shooter from Umma Beauty came on to talk about the pull up or shut up campaign. This obviously was a recent episode. We felt really lucky getting her on. We were the first person, first people to interview her, uh, you know, via a podcast, via, you know, video, things like that a spoken word medium rather than just a interview. And if you're not familiar with Pull Up or Shut Up, um, look up Pull Up for Change on Instagram. What she's doing is truly monumental. She is asking brands and companies to lay it all out there. How many black people do you employ at your company? And the quote that we wanna share with you guys that we think is the maybe the most important part of the entire interview is her reasoning for why pull up or shut up is a part of the larger picture? Well, because everything is cause and effect. That's how my brain works, cause and effect. Um, we talk about, everybody sees, every, I think people tend to see problems one dimensionally, which means police brutality. So this is police brutality, right? No, let's take a step back. Why? Let's, you know, if we want to dismantle this, let's dismantle it from its roots. You cannot have a tree that you go like, oh, this tree is not working. I want to get rid of that tree. You just cut a branch of the tree off. You know, what's going to happen? The branch is going to grow back out again. And that's what we keep doing. We keep cutting because we focus on one thing. And even a lot of people I contact say, hey, please support me. And they're like, no, because we think you're distracting from the cause. I was like, no, this is part of the cause. This is part of the cause, you know? Police brutality, like, look at this thing, right? We've had slavery, we've had segregation, we come out of segregation, there is no economic participation, so we're not in the workforce, we're not there. So what do you do? You push us below the poverty line. When you push people below the poverty line, what happens? You make them desperate, right? One in three people in prison are black. I've said that this morning many times. Do you think black people as kids just go, I want to go to jail? When one in three people in prison are black, you're going to think it's an aspiration of ours. It's either an aspiration or it's a sign of a system that's failed. Mm. It's a sign of oppression, right? So you think about the average white household has 100, uh, a, a, an income of 171000 The average black household has $17,000. That's not a gap. That is not even a gap. That is oppression, you know? Yeah. And that's why when white people see us, they're afraid of us because they assume you're a criminal. Because they made you. You know, they pushed you into, they, they sort of pushed you into poverty. So that's what you're supposed to do. That's why cops come in all guns blazing because we've been labeled criminals. So everybody knows the statistics about how many black people are in jail, but nobody knows how many black people are employed. You see the tunnel vision? Mm-hmm. So they want to all talk about jail because they want to keep making you look like criminal. So once again, it's that brainwashing to the world. You're a troublemaker. You know, immediately George Floyd thing happened. What did they release? He used, he uses methamphetamines. He So they're trying to establish a thug story. That's what they do. They try to establish a thug story for you. So my point is, it comes in many facets. And I love everybody who's working on criminal reforms. You know, everybody's taking, I think this is one time where everybody's taking an ax and everybody's chopping off a branch and taking it all the way to the roots. And I think that's what we need to do. We need to tackle every part of this. We need to tackle 
the way we deal with race in our homes and the conversations we have in our kids. We need to talk about the subliminal things that we do. I'm not racist, but any conversation that says I'm not racist, but should not continue. That statement should never finish because that statement is a racist statement. And there is never anything good that comes from that statement. You know, I'm not racist, but no, no, don't even allow the person to finish. If you're not racist, then shut up. You just said, I'm not racist. No buts. Keep it there. Keep it to yourself. Mm. The little sub aggressions that we do, we have to start policing ourselves. And, and that's why I was like, brands have to, we have to police them too. Because they are the custodians of economic participation and they're all hiding uh, under corporate policies that says equal opportunity employers, but they are not equal opportunity employers. You know, you're not equal opportunity. And then now the fake popular one that, that has taken black people back is because whenever you say black, everyone's like, oh, but you know, all diversity, all la 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 la. Excuse me, I, allow me for once talk about me, okay? Allow me for once, you, can t you have your moment to you, I can give you the mic. You know, we know how to do that for other things. We have our Cancer Awareness Month. We have our HIV Awareness Month, you know? So give me my HIV Awareness Month and shut up. You don't go to a cancer rally and go like, oh, it's insensitive to people with HIV. Mm. Because some people have HIV too, and they are also going to like need money to like get cured. So we understand that concept for other things. Why can't we do it when it comes to black people? Yeah. You know? And so this is a time for us to make a conscious effort because whatever you're doing, you know, come to say, oh, our diversity numbers is whatever. Don't tell me about your diversity numbers. Tell me about your black employment in particular. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because this is black people getting shot out there, getting killed. Mm-hmm. Amadou Diallo, 41 shots because he was taking his wallet out of his pocket. And corporations can't see how they played a part. We all have played, they all have played a role. Everybody has played a role in, in this, this system of oppression. Everybody has stayed silent and continued to uphold it. And I feel by them staying silent, by them making donations, without looking at how they have all played a role, is them upholding the system of oppression. Many brands had the nerve to post Desmond Tutu's quote. If you're silent at the time of oppression, you've taken the side of the oppressor, right? Mm -hmm. They all posted that. The social media person was posting that probably didn't even know who Desmond Tutu was. Yep. How dare you? Our Desmond Tutu. How dare you sold his name for your corporate gain? The next guest that Kirby and I want to shout out is Dr. Loretta. I feel like this was maybe an episode that some people didn't listen to. She's kind of like an underdog sleeper. Uh <laughs> really? Do you feel that way? Because the people that I have, like, when people talk to me about Los Angeles, they specifically bring up do the Dr. Loretta episode. Oh, well, then prove I am proven wrong. I just feel like she, I, I don't know, like, I guess I, she's been working as a board certified dermatologist for f over 40 years. And it has her own line of products. And I felt like I was still kind of new to her when we had her on our podcast. And then after we had her on, I was like, she's one of my favorite people ever. No, I totally agree with you. Dr. L Dr. Loretta in general, I feel like is a newish brand. I knew that Allure had given her products awards, but I had never really had experience with the products up until maybe a few weeks before we even had her on the podcast. And I was a little nervous to be completely honest because I was like, board certified dermatologist, obviously she's a wealth of information, but is this going to go over people's heads? Mm -hmm. You know, as we, you know, we know this, especially when we're writing for different publications, we always have to take interviews we do with doctors and either say, we need this in layman's terms, or we have to figure out how to finesse it within the article so that it does make sense to the people reading it. She kind of, but she blew us away because totally we didn't need to do any of that she made it so yeah it was easy to digest and the thing was she talked about something that not a, not a lot of people talk about so i have to tell you that at the sunscreen symposium everyone in attendance the 550 people you know who were all chemists or fda members i know they all said of course sunscreen all needs blue light we need the h and by the way we're using the words blue light, visible light, and that term HEV, which uh -huh. stands for high energy visible, we're using them interchangeably. Okay, got it. So okay. the 550 experts at the sunscreen symposium all said, of course, we know that we have to have blue light protection in sunscreen, but the consumer does not know this. Exactly. And again, being a small company, we're able to get things to market faster. We are definitely the first to market sunscreen that protects you 
from all three types of free radicals that are caused by pollution and from the HEV or visible light from digital screens. And also remember, and I don't, I'm sorry that I don't think I did mention this, that the sun emits more of the blue light than even UVA and UVB combined. Oh, when what? you go outside, yeah, when you go outside and you see the sky is blue. That's blue light. <laughs> There's a reason why the sky yeah, is blue. There is. Wow. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so dumb for not knowing that. No, but you know, really, most people do not know it. And I think that uh, really one of my biggest goals is educating. And again, not educating to be a fear monger whatsoever, but to really make people believe that no matter what your age, you can have some visible reversal of things that you don't like about your skin, and you can certainly prevent so much future damage just by protecting yourself from these four damaging factors. Moment number nine is very close to my heart because it made me cry, I think, for the first time on the podcast. I cry a lot, but I think this is the first time I cried on the podcast itself. So Oncotran, how much do you love On? I don't, I've never even met him in real life. I've only talked to him on the phone and then through Zoom. And I, he's, yeah, got to be one of my favorite people in the industry now. He is such a sweetheart and is just so, so talented. So Oncotran, hairstylist, has done everybody's hair and he really coined the term lived in hair. He teaches curated cutting classes across the nation to help other cosmetologists and stylists learn his technique so that they can give it to their clients, which I think is so smart. It's like spreading the wealth. And he came on in honor of Asian Pacific American Heritage Month. He's been my friend for a while, also my hairstylist for a while, but we wanted him to come on. And this is the first time I really ever heard his story. When we are seeing each other at the salon, we're typically like gossiping or like <laughs> joking around, acting like idiots. So, you know, I know about his love life and I know about, you know, his travel, you know, uh, schedule and things like that. But I didn't know everything that his family went through to get mm -hmm. to America. And it really just broke my heart. Um, but it made me so proud to know him because you know, he's been through so much in his life and his family and especially his parents sacrificed and made some really brave decisions in order to make a better life for his entire family. My parents and, and my family were struggling, you know, because a lot of our rights are taken away. And, you know, anything, anything when it comes to that, in any kind of like regime that comes over and take over, everything's, you know, all chaotic. And um, in 1978, you know, I guess our parents decided to um, take all of us, I would say seven of, us, seven of us or eight of us, I think eight of us, because my brother went separately. He went on a different boat, um, my oldest brother. Um, but my parents decided to, you know, take all of us out of the country and full on exile in the middle of the night and on a fishing boat because we're fishermen. So we know pretty much about fishing and, and, and the water off of um, Vietnam. I guess, what is that ocean? Is it Indian, is it Indian Ocean? I think maybe, so. It's maybe South China. You know, I need to know about these things. They know about those things. It was a big ass ocean. That's all you need to know. <laughs> it's, it's a huge ocean. And, you and were a baby. I was, I was a yeah. baby. I was like, I think, yeah, I, four years old. So I was a tiny, I was a baby. I didn't know much. So we left in the middle of the, the night and out in the ocean. And good thing that my parents and, and my brother and sisters know a lot about communicating with other boats because if you leave during that night and if you have no idea about what is that when when people flashes lights on you i keep on calling it the wrong name morse morse codes yeah morse code, so yeah. the other um there's pirates out to basically rob kill and just take your gold because that's all we had. We just take gold with us. I mean, the people who do have gold, they changed all the currency into gold and they left because there's no point taking currency. So the pirates know that. So the pirates from different countries, I guess they, they know that and they would um, intercept the boat and they would steal the money, rape the women and kill the man and throw off their kids. And, and, and there's a lot of like crazy, crazy stories that, you know, about off the water and stuff like that so my parents know that 
Um, good thing they know how to do yeah. Morse codes and and is it Morse codes? Morse code, yeah, Morse code. Morse codes, Morse. Code. I keep on saying Morse codes, no, okay. Morse code. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I think the um, I, I'm not quite sure how many people. What they say that it was over a hundred people on the boat, and it was a fishing boat. It was, it's one of those imagery that you see. Yeah. During the Vietnam War, when people leave, when they fled the country, and it's like full on amount of people on the boat, like too many people, and and you know, we we would survive if if it wasn't for the Malaysian government that helped us. Um, they saw us. They were, so you guys took the boat to Malaysia. No, we were we were just sending no. sailing out out somewhere. We know that we're gonna go to either Malaysia with no destination. Well, Malaysian. The destination, okay, but we didn't we didn't reach it. Yeah. So they they saw us. They took us into rescue, and oh my gosh, I, there's this one imagery about like I don't we didn't have any photos and stuff like that obviously, but um, there's imagery of like people rescuing and stuff like that. So every time I see that, it just brings tears to my eyes. It's just really really sad. I don't remember any of this, by the way. Yeah. No memories of whatsoever, because I think my mom said. Um, I was four years old, and also I was purple and blue because I was so seasick, oh, <laughs> couldn't yeah. eat anything, and we didn't have much to eat, and we just have like little things that we brought. Um, so thank God for them to, um, you know, rescue us. We were in refugee camp for like a year and a half, um, living all these, you know, pretty much living in slums, but you know, they they help us, they fed us, and stuff like that. But you know, it's not, it's better than you know living. Back in Vietnam, when um, all that stuff was happening, all these different churches from the world and, and you know all the or- organizations were helping people like us, refugee um, people from either Australia or uh, America or like Europe and stuff like that. So we were so blessed. We got rescued by um, or s- sponsored by a church in Austin, Texas, and that's how we came to Texas. Yay, Texas! Yeah, and I know. <laughs> We were very blessed, and and I love the fact that my parents were so courageous and knew the sacrifice would be really great. Like all of us would be gone, like in a heartbeat. You know, if the boat sink, we're done. Okay, rounding out our top ten moments is our interview with Charlotte Cho, who is the founder of Soka Glam. Then I Met You, and most recently, Good Skin Days, which is her newest skincare brand that she just launched and we talked about on, um, was it last, a couple episodes ago. Kirby and I are both big skincare fans, big Korean beauty fans, um, and we would argue that Charlotte is probably like maybe the K-beauty expert, especially stateside. Like people go to her, um, you know, when they want to know what the hottest new product and trends are from Korea and the ingredients. And um, she's just, I, I, you know, and I love her on a personal level as a friend, but I feel like she really surprised us on this episode. And maybe it was because she was jet lagged and had just gotten off a flight from Seoul and just felt like wanting, she wanted to share everything with us. But like she dropped some major, major knowledge just about the beauty industry in general and how things work. Um, you know, she, she grew up in LA, but um, spent some time uh, in Korea after college and worked in, you know, the beauty industry and kind of learned how that all, um, how it all worked. And then, you know, came back to the States, became an esthetician and decided to start Soko Glam. So she's just like super familiar with the ins and outs of the industry, specifically though now with, like I said, trends and then how products are made. And, you know, pretty much everyone in the beauty world is going to Seoul to tap their labs and their scientists when it comes to formulations. And she just like opened our eyes to like how it all works and why maybe we're seeing these trends take over. There's a a bunch of new products that are all have matcha in it, or there's a bunch of new products that have, well, CBD obviously, but just how these trends start um, and, and why you're seeing it. So it's kind of like a cool little insider's look into how the, the beauty world works. So the Living Cleansing Balm, which is our hero product, we launched, that's part of the double cleanse. That one actually won five awards. And I think yes. 
it's been only a year and three months since we launched and we're really proud about that fact and I know just from going through that experience and even breaking out in highs because I was so stressed <laughs> about it it took a that long was like when we had when we I saw you last year yeah you were like breaking out in hives yeah after like the major success of this launch oh my and I was gosh. like what is going success on is so relative though yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think um the living cleansing on because I've been through that process and everyone in Korea luckily because I had the connections and they knew Soko Glam and they wanted to work with us they were willing to give us the top R&D person in that in that um at that company, they were willing to work with us closely. Um, they were willing to kind of deal with my constant requests and start from scratch. And they told me from the very beginning, this is not how it's done usually. Because I gave a list of ingredients I wanted. I knew exactly how I wanted it to be formulated. They just needed to make it a little stable where they had to give like suggestions on any like sort of alternative ingredients that you know weren't easily sourced or hard to get. And there's a lot of different pieces to this that they kept saying, wow, this is normally you never see the R&D person face to face. You're mm-hmm. always going through a salesperson. Wow. And that salesperson might not be like a skincare expert. You'll never get the hands-on kind of fresh batch kind of like experience where you're trying to innovate in terms of removing certain ingredients. There, it's just like you're usually picking from like a platter, literally. And so they got kind of annoyed after a while because I was constantly pressed pressing them to change this and change that and improve this. And they're like, gosh, you don't understand how lucky you are right now or how much in time we're investing. But after that, after that was all said and done, now they're super proud. And the R&D person's always checking our website, I heard. Aww. He told me that like to see the people's feedback and the reviews, because he feels like we've made something truly unique, something truly special. And then we have a lot of amazing reviews and awards and just customer feedback. If they're, you're seeing a bunch of, you know, CBD or, or whatever like matcha. it is, matcha, yeah. it's because like, it's like the platter situation. There's like a salesperson yes. that's like, okay, that's what we're selling. Yes. This, this and, then and then they kind of use that as leverage. Is that yeah, how that works? It's, it is partly that. And also it's sad because, you know, we're really, because we spend so much time and effort trying to create a holy grail product for each product that we launch, we try to get it very ironclad where like you cannot share this formula you cannot have any replicas and we do ndas and we do all these contracts but at the end of the day you can never go after them if they do replicate the formula because as long as they tweak one little ingredient it's a different formula imagine like a brand that has to launch let's say they have like a quota they need to launch 20 products by next season it's can i need that platter system almost like (laughs) right because you're like gonna dive deep and create unique formulas for each and every single skew it's gonna take years to it that's why sometimes when I see a founder or someone that's creating a line that you know they're very invested in their skincare pro- skincare like efficacy and they really yeah. have this community that they need to you know really make sure they're happy with the products that they create, I trust that so much more because I know like they didn't just white label. Makeup is even less innovative in the sense that like there's not much innovation you do to like powders, totally. so it's really just changing the pigment slightly to make different colors. Wow. All right, so those were. 10 of our favorite moments from the past year. We feel so lucky to have you guys listening each week and supporting us via social and leaving us reviews. Um, One reminder, I know I say this a lot, but if you can and you enjoy our podcast, please do go and rate us and then review us on Apple Podcasts. This is really one of the best ways besides word of mouth to help our podcast grow. The more reviews we get, the more likely Apple will promote us and the more likely people will start to listen. Um, New people that may not even be interested in beauty. I feel like we're parents and I always make you say that part and it's like the the bad cop parent that has to be like, remember to eat your vegetables (laughs) and like and subscribe, guys. I know. Listen, <laughs> like and subscribe. It's not that hard and it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt doesn't anything. It doesn't hurt. But we have something for you because <laughs> you have been supporting us for so long um, and have made this podcast possible. This is like very exciting. This is huge. I am shooketh that people agreed to do this. Like, this is insane. I cannot believe how many brands decided to be like, yep, we're going to align with Los Angeles for this. Kirby, tell us what they're winning. Thank you, Sarah. Five people will win all of these products that we are about to mention in 
obviously right now, but it'll also be on our Instagram, worth over $1,000. This is your entire routine. I don't think there's one thing missing from this that you guys could not want. This is your entire routine and then some. And these are all products and brands that we have mentioned and we have vetted and we love. And that's why we reached out to them to see if they'd be willing to contribute. So five people, not just one person is winning this grand prize. Five people will win over $1,000 worth of these products. So Sarah? Should we mention some of the, the brands? that are in this beauty gift basket. (laughs) You're going to be getting so many boxes of products, guys, because the brands will be sending them to you directly. So enjoy. We've got Hum. We've got Good Skin Days. We've got Peach and Lily. Sigma. Benefit. Tatcha. Renee Rouleau. Dr. Loretta. Fresh. Beauty Stat. Necessaire, Tower 28, Freck, Freck, what the Freck, <laughs> New Face, mm. Co. Obagi, and Neutrogena. Okay, people, if you're not satisfied with that lineup, I don't know what to tell you. You, you are living well beyond Sarah and I, and <laughs> I hope you are living your best life, but We reached out to all these brands. They all agreed that they would be willing to send our lovely Glam Gelino winners these products. Um, We are not going to disclose what exactly we're giving away because we want you to follow us on Instagram and see. So starting right now, go to our Instagram and follow us if you're not. It's Gloss Angeles Pod. You need to comment your favorite Gloss Angeles episode and doesn't have to be one of the 10 that we mentioned could totally be your own fave yep and if you want to tell us why that's even better and then tag a friend who would want to win this prize as well and we will uh leave this up until friday july 10th and the and the giveaway ends at 11 59 p.m pacific on the 10th so good luck We're going to announce the winner via the pod next Tuesday, July 14th. Thank you guys so much for listening and celebrating our anniversary birthday with us. Um, Good luck entering this contest. We really, really hope you win. Give yourself a makeover with all of our favorite products. um, And tune in to next week's episode to hear if you won. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.